Well, g'day there and welcome to episode number two of Welcome to Consciousness. And today we're talking about the number one key to consciousness. And I'm going to tell you that that is bringing awareness to the ego. Now, all these terms have different definitions from people, different people and different perspectives. I'm going to explain how I see it in the way that's going to help you really raise your own consciousness to be more conscious yourself. If we're not aware of the ego, then we are unconscious to the ego, which means we are unconscious, which means we're separated from consciousness or disconnected from consciousness. Now, consciousness is the energy. It's the life form, the life force that allows life to be and to exist. And so I want to start now by sharing a bit more of my story because last week I told you that I connected with consciousness in a whole new way when I was in the dark night of a soul. I also said that my interest and my passion for consciousness started at a young age. It was that desire for the unknown, for the mystery, even for the mystical. Some people might call it the magical It's the expansiveness of life, of the universe. I was taught that it was called God. And you can use that term to describe this. Often I don't use that word because that word has got so much conditioning around that. And over this series, I'll share a little bit more about that. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what term you use. So I grew up in a very committed Christian family and culture and it was a very modern kind of expression of christianity and so i grew up being taught that this was the truth that this was the only truth that we need to share our truth with others ultimately so that they can experience the love of god and be saved and spend an eternity in heaven now i built an entire belief system and identity around that And the other side of it was a more fear-based side that if you didn't believe in this, that you would then spend an eternity of suffering in hell. Now, if you haven't had any of that conditioning, you will think, oh, big deal, just a story. But when you've had that conditioning from childhood, uh, from the day you were born, it runs very deep. And there's a lot of deep conditioning, which our egos love to attach to and love to identify with. And so my passion for consciousness turned into my dedication and my commitment to Christianity, because I believe that that was the way to God and God's love and that that was really what what people needed. And so as I grew older, I decided this is what I want to commit my life to. And so I became a pastor, I became a leader, um, I became a preacher in the Christian church. I worked mostly with youth, but I'd also spend a lot of my time leading the adult services and interacting with anyone, leading small groups, public speaking, um, in services, running camps, events, and all sorts of things, all with the goal. Ultimately, my, my intentions were good and 
were trying to be pure in terms of I wanted people to experience love and experience their, their highest truth and their potential. What I didn't realize is that what I was trying to convince people of or share with people was actually a belief system that carried with it a whole lot of expectation and requirements and things that you needed to know and you needed to keep up with and do in order to live the right life, to honor God, to be holy, to be sacred, so that you can be righteous and holy, therefore to be able to go to heaven, which was ultimately through your belief in Jesus and what he had done. Now, this whole experience has caused a lot of pain, very deep pain in me, just bringing clarity to the confusion that this created. Because deep down, my passion and my desire was for the most pure, refined, holy experience of the divine. And that's what I thought I was going after. That's what I was taught. After about 10 years of leading in Christianity, now when I say 10 years, I really went straight into my adult years doing this. I soon picked up a part-time role, which turned into a full-time role in what I was doing. And that was my life. It was my goal at that point, my dream to lead the modern Christian church into its greatest era. Now, I hit age 27 and my health is breaking down. I am burning out physically and mentally Bit by bit, I'm breaking down. That led me to then start to question my beliefs. I'm like, if this is about a pure, loving God that is the best thing for us, that is giving us health, then why am I so cooked? Why am I so burnt out? Why am I struggling so much? And I started to look deeper into what the emotions that were under the beliefs that I was having and started to realize that so much of it I was doing out of people pleasing. I was doing it out of fear that I might miss out on God's plan. I was doing it out of the fear of the disapproval of others. I was doing it out of guilt because if I did that, that was the wrong thing or shame. And there was so much shame built into so many layers of my belief system through this time and so I started to question those things and I went on this holiday for three weeks thinking yeah I'll bounce back I'll be good to go and I was way worse at the end of it than I was at that point I took a six-month break and this is where I really did start to question things and really from that time where I thought I was going to have a break and rejuvenate I really went from bad to worse because my whole belief system started to crumble as I started to question all these things and I realized I had gotten far away from my heart, from the deep, deep passion and life, from the energy, from the feeling of ecstasy and passion and power and love that I would talk about but wasn't experiencing in any way. So I made a decision that I was going to 
get back to my passion, get back to my heart, to my truth, whatever that meant, whatever I had to go through. So I created a new filter for my life and it was whatever gave me peace in my heart, I was going to follow that. If I was just doing it because I was expected to or I'd always done it or I had this belief that I should do it, I decided that that wasn't enough anymore. I was going to trust the peace that was inside of me. And so when I felt to question beliefs, I felt peace about that. Then I felt to pull away from attending the church and I felt peace about that. Now it was incredibly difficult and it came with a lot of grief and a lot of brokenness as well to let go of the beliefs, the relationships, the friendships, the family support that I had in that culture. I would love to tell you at this point that I just followed my passion. I followed my heart into my truth, but I essentially trusted my heart or followed that peace and into a dark night of the soul where I just continued to break down layer after layer and close down and every layer of my health physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually was breaking down. I didn't know who I was anymore and I really closed off. My heart really closed off and I would follow my heart, but it would only be available to me every now and then when it'd be like, all right, this is a decision I need to make. But it was often out of survival and desperation and leaving it far too long. And then I would listen to my heart. And I spent many years in that way. And that was where I had my moment where I read the book of the power now. And I started to read about consciousness. In my journey of consciousness, a lot of my answers and confusions started to become answered, but not in a logical way that I could explain, like I can explain it much better now, but it was in a much more way that I know in my heart that this is the path that I'm meant to take or that this is what feels like the truth what I know is right within me. One of my biggest questions through this time was really how could I believe that something was pure love, that something was so good when it ended up being so corrupt and so toxic? How does that happen? People with such strong conviction uphold these belief systems saying this is the truth and this is the way and this is the only truth with such a superiority. How does that happen? That was my question. How does that? Ha- how did that happen? How could I believe this was the ultimate truth and, and it be so far from it? Yet it sounded like it was the truth because it talked about the truth and said this was the truth and talked about love. And that sounds also truthful. And it all comes down to this. It all comes down to our unawareness, our unconsciousness towards the ego and our unconsciousness towards our consciousness, which is our true self, which is our spiritual self, our spiritual body. It's where we connect with our soul, which is the more eternal part of who we are And the greatest way to do that is through our heart space. Now, when I was in Christianity, we talked about the heart, but we didn't talk about 
trust in your heart as the way of guidance, as a way of connecting to your soul or your spirit as a way that was going to guide you. Now, that would be too risky because you can't control the heart. The heart is free. The heart, it loves. The heart is present. The heart is sovereign. The heart doesn't need a belief system to attach itself to. The heart doesn't need a lifestyle or a certain routine or a certain set of rituals or traditions to attach itself to. The heart just is. The heart loves to be, loves to express, loves to enjoy life, loves to exist and experience life. So let's talk about the ego. When we're talking about becoming aware of the ego, we're talking about a massive, massive shift in the evolution of humanity. If we can start to become aware of the ego, we will make a massive shift. It's a whole new way of thinking, of living, of being, of approaching life when you can detach from the ego. So the ego is the conditioned mind. It is the conditioned self. It is ultimately a false self when we're talking about our truth being our soul or our spirit where we connect in our hearts. All right, so it's the false conditioned self that is layered up, layer after layer of all our experiences that have built up in our subconscious mind, which by the way is 95% of our mind, 5% of our mind is conscious. Now when we're talking about the mind being conscious and the spirit being conscious, we're talking about two different things. Being conscious is really being awake. Being unconscious is being asleep or being passed out or even knocked out. If you think about someone that gets KO'd in a boxing fight, they've been knocked out. Now, nearly our entire planet has been spiritually KO'd, knocked out, including religion, including a lot of spiritual seekers, because it's done from a place of ego, from a place of the mind, from a place of conditioning, which is a place of separation. It's a place of superiority. It's a place where we attack someone else or we defend ourselves. We're always trying to protect or control something or someone else. That's what the ego does. When we come into awareness, we begin to live free of the ego, free of our past conditioning, free of this incessant addiction to our future plans and our future goals and who we're trying to be and where we're trying to get or our future worries and causing all this anxiety every day. We're so running around here trying to succeed at life, trying to make enough money, pay the bills, please everyone, parent our kids or look after ourselves or deal with our problems. And so we get caught in this loop of being in the mind, in the past and the future Coming into consciousness is coming into the present moment, which is free from that. Now, I want to be realistic at this point and say, like I said, this is a massive evolutionary shift. We've been in ego for thousands of years. That's why there's been so much dysfunction, destruction, chaos. That's why there's been so much manipulation, so much control in humanity and the world that we know it because the ego has been ruling the roost. And... Because we're unaware of the ego, well, we allow the greater egos, now which I'll call the collective egos, to influence our own egos. And so there's these collective egos that are conditioning 
our own individual egos. And that's a really important point to realize, like my experience in Christianity, Christianity is a very strong collective ego. Now, I also want to tell you that the essence, the teachings, the depth, the pureness of the teachings of Christianity are there. And Jesus was one of the most conscious people that ever walked the planet. But because of thousands of years of conditioning of the ego, we have forgotten what it's like to be conscious, to be in awareness. So there's some important things that you need to understand about the ego. The ego will always look for comfort and survival and familiarity. It wants to be comfortable and safe. Its goal is survival. And that's why when we're in ego, we will believe whatever we need to, to justify the things that we believe. We will think whatever we need to, to perceive ourselves as right and somebody else as wrong, to justify our stance when maybe we attack or we defend or when we need to control or when we need to resist. That's all work of the ego. The ego resists being found out. In fact, it will fight to the death to make sure that it stays in place. And it's really just trying to do its job, which over evolution has been to help us survive, which was valid when we were constantly under attack, under threats, maybe from wild beasts, or maybe from wars or famines, and we needed this like survival instinct to survive and to fight against things and to make it in the world, which was a very harsh world. For most of us, we're living in a different world now where many of our needs are met. Many of our comforts are already there. And I'm not saying that's for everyone, but they're available much easier. We don't have to grow our own food or hunt it. It's there. We just go get it from the shop or from the market. It's a different world to the one that we've come from. But ultimately, humanity still in this baseline of being identified with its ego. Now, I would be too if I didn't have such a deep crisis, <laughs> if I didn't have such deep suffering and had to start questioning, why am I suffering so deeply? Why am I so stuck in my head? Why am I so stressed all the time? Why can't I break out of this anxiety and this depression? Why is everything so heavy? on me all the time. Why couldn't Christianity deliver the answers that I was looking for, the healing that it talks about that it has, but couldn't deliver? And by the way, I went searching for that in Christianity and I quickly realized the answer is not here. The solution is not here. And so I need to go into the unknown. I need to go into my heart and trust and hope. And that was difficult. It was really difficult to take that path. So how do you bring awareness to the ego? Now, this is gonna be the practice of maybe the rest of your life, at least the next part of your journey, if you're here and you're joining me, because it's a big journey. There's a lot to it. And what I wanna talk about is bringing conscious awareness to the ego rather than bringing ego awareness to the ego because it's easy for us to judge our own egos or to resist our own egos, to be harsh 
or to be quick or to get frustrated and angry with our egos, with the fact that we're stuck in our heads, with the fact that we can't stop thinking, the fact that we can't let go of the past or of the pain of the past or of traumas that have happened. And so we can get frustrated at ourselves. And when we're doing that, we're essentially trying to work with the ego, with the ego, which what's, what results? The ego. Now, at a certain degree, we do need to start to work with the ego from ego when ego is all we've got. We're in our heads, we're in our belief system, that's all we know, that's where we're identified with, that's our baseline level of consciousness, identified with ego, attached to ego, attached to our stories, our roles, our identities, who we think we are, our experiences, the things that went wrong and the things that went bad, the people that hurt us, all the stories that have built us into who we think we are. But that's the thing, it's who we think we are. And the ego is who we think we are, whereas our consciousness, our higher self, our soul is who we are. It's who we really are. It's our true, authentic, free, liberated self. And we don't really know what that is until we start to allow ourselves to walk down that path. Like I said, we want to bring conscious awareness. So what's conscious awareness? Your consciousness is the part that is actually able to be very still. It's the part of you that can observe the thinking mind. And although the thinking mind might be very active, very rampant, incessant, essentially addictive, because that's all you've known, you can start to create some space between you and the thinking mind. Some people don't even know that they have a thinking mind because there's so much in the thinking mind. So if you're wondering, I don't have a thinking mind, well, that's the mind I'm talking about, the one that said that I don't have a thinking mind because that was a thought that you thought about not having a thinking mind. That's how subtle, but also how much of a trap the ego can be is that we don't even know that we're in it. Now, I'm here as your host, as someone who wants to inspire you and lead you and motivate you to return to your consciousness and to become aware. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm working through many layers of ego, of detaching and disidentifying with layers of ego, of conditioning that I have been in for so long. But I'm here to also tell you that I have detached so many layers. I have disidentified from so many layers. I've let so much go. I can close my eyes regularly now and I can sit still in the stillness without thought. Sometimes it's only for 10 seconds, but sometimes it's for a minute, sometimes for 10 minutes. And just experience the fullness and the wholeness that we get when our mind gets to be still and we get to embody our consciousness. Now, you won't get there straight away. This takes practice. It takes integration. It takes um, time and energy to a degree, and I don't want to over talk it because some people could move through this very quick. For others, it may take months, years, maybe decades even. That doesn't matter. The point is this is your journey of returning to your heart, to you being conscious, which is a journey to your truth, which is to your empowerment, which is to your purpose, which is to your love and your presence 
your eternal truth, your divine truth. Now, Christianity or religion is not the only one that is at large in ego. Society at large is in ego. The way our government system runs is mostly run in ego. The way politics is run, the way the education system is mostly has mostly been dictated by ego identification and an ego level of consciousness. The way that the health system has been run has been controlled and manipulated by ego agendas. It's almost everywhere. And these are the big systems and belief systems that are, that are teaching us. Every culture has had its degree of ego saying that, you know, this is the way that you're supposed to live. Now, when we're free from ego, we get to celebrate ourselves and we get to celebrate others. We get to say, take your path, follow your truth, follow your way. You know what? You can have your own beliefs. You can have your own practices or rituals or traditions, but we know that they're not you. You're on your path to your consciousness and whatever you want to call that. If you've got a different term for that, that's completely fine because ultimately our words and our understanding of this is not consciousness. It is not embodying our soul. It is only pointing towards it. That's a journey that we walk as we go towards it. And so before we wrap this episode up, I'm going to create a few different meditations that you can use to start to connect with your consciousness. I have found that meditation is one of the most effective ways. Now, meditation isn't one particular thing. You can... Meditation can be used in so many different ways. There can be guided meditations, stillness meditations, meditations where someone talks, ones where there's no talking, ones where there's music, ones where it's absolutely silent, ones where you incorporate breathing, ones where you incorporate movement. There's no set way to meditate, but when we're meditating, what we're really doing is we're connecting with our consciousness or we're sinking into our awareness. And one of the ways we can do that is just start to observe the mind. Just start to watch, what am I thinking? What's running through my mind? You don't have to try and understand it. Just become aware that there's your mind. It's thinking. I'm not my mind because ultimately I'm the consciousness. I'm the energy that this body is within. And as you continue to practice in meditation, whether you do this daily, which is recommended, because you're learning to strengthen a new part of yourself. If you want to be healthy physically, you eat and you move your body every day and you eat nutritionally and healthy and move your body in a way, not that hurts you, but that is good for you and it's good for your physical health. There's a lot of other things you can do that are good for your physical health and I do recommend looking after your physical health. Later in this series, I wanna talk about how when we increase our consciousness, how that relates to our physical health and how it can increase and improve our physical health and how it does. But just like when you look after your body, you can improve your physical health this is about learning to look after your consciousness. This is about looking after your spirit. This is about looking after your energy body. It's about strengthening it. So even if you were to take five minutes a day, or if you're on a really deep journey, you can go for as long as you want. 
I love one hour meditations, sinking into the present moment for one hour. The reason I've personally enjoyed those is it helps me let go of past conditioning. It helps me let go of past victimhood and stories and ultimately of trauma. And that's a whole nother topic, but there's been many layers of trauma that have come up across the way that have been part of the conditioning that I've had, part of the ego, part of the fear of letting go. And so these meditations have helped me to be able to let go of bits of trauma a little bit at a time because it's a lot because when we let go we become a bit more conscious of it which means it comes more into our conscious awareness and we need to then let that go it's not really possible in my experience to do it all at once so if you're listening to this i really want to acknowledge you i want to acknowledge your path for some reason your heart has led you here consciousness finds you when you're ready for it We can't convince somebody to be conscious because when you're in your ego and you're identified and you don't want to let go, you're just not going to, okay? This is a personal journey we walk. The way we raise the consciousness of humanity is by raising our own consciousness because when we do, we start to hold a different energy, a different frequency. At the same time, being in this perfect energy is not the goal because part of the conscious journey is becoming aware of all the dark shadows that have been in our subconscious that have shaped the way that we think and we live. And so it's a real journey of becoming aware of them. My passion is for you to experience your own consciousness, to be liberated, to be all that you are and all that you came to this earth and to this lifetime to be and that's going to look completely different for every single person so don't look for someone else to what it should look like but i'm going to be here to support you along the way as we continue to release these episodes i'm also going to over time be able to share some of the things i'm offering to be able to work with me and to be able to help you along this journey and for you to ultimately reach your fullest soulful truest authentic potential and so i'm excited for you and what that's going to look like have a fantastic week look out for the meditations that i'm going to release practice them at least once or once a week you could also use these each day if you find that they really start to help and if you need support or you need help or you have questions or challenges Please reach out to me through social media or you'll find an email addressed in the show notes and I look forward to this journey continuing together. So there we have it. Thanks for joining me on Welcome to Consciousness. My name's Michael Reed, and I'm here to help you consciously live and create your life. If you enjoyed this, please click subscribe and follow. There's a lot more to come. Also, if you could rate or review it, this would really help others find this show. Also, if you want to share this with a friend or on your social media, please go for it. And if you have any questions about your journey, please reach out. I'll answer them directly or on the podcast. And lastly, if you want personal help, consciously living and creating your life, I've created a coaching program that helps you do just that. You can head to my website for more info. So thanks again. Have a fantastic day. Look forward to seeing you next time.